0: This is episode number 10 of Artful Thought, recorded live at the University of San Francisco's KUSF studio, which aired on Saturday, June 29th, 2019. This is part two, but not the finale of a music talk feature about the ongoing celebration of Pride Month and an address to current social issues of the LGBTQIA community. Between Pride Parts 1 and 2, I do a scattering of commentary on music from decades starting from the 1920s to current, as well as historical and cultural landmarks, including the Lavender Scare and personal ponderings about the Other Q. Both episodes come back to engaging with an ongoing question about gender sexuality exploration while respecting boundaries that refrain from queer appropriation. Due to copyright laws, I had to cut the music from the recording, but have included my Spotify playlist to accompany the edited cut. Good morning! Thank you so much for tuning in to KUSF in San Francisco. I'm uh, Darcy, I was about to say DJ Mr. Darcy. Of uh, I guess I can go back and forth. It's okay to have two different radio names. I uh, am the host of this this show, Artful Thought, which used to be Corey Feldman's <laughs> number one fan show. So I kind of uh, evolved from that uh, more music centered show and cut my teeth uh, learning the the ways of the board and uh, yeah, mixing music up and talking about music and. Really I'm I'm kind of going back uh to that uh to have music centered things going on with with my show because it is Pride Month. As most of you know, if you don't, then walk outside, especially if you live in San Francisco. You will probably within five seconds see some kind of LGBTQIA symbol or somebody who represents that community. Everybody is is out and uh, pretty proud uh, this weekend, especially because it is... The parade um, is this weekend, and it's our official, at least here in San Francisco, our official weekend to celebrate Pride. So, get out there and join the festivities. And you just heard the song, uh, let's see, Satellite of Love by Lou Reed from the album Transformer. So, all of my... uh, All of my songs today are by uh, people who identified or still identify. He's passed away. That's why I relegated that to Past Tense, Um, who identify with the queer community. So Lou Reed was definitely one of the the front men of a lot of the the glam rock stuff going on back in the 60s and 70s alongside David Bowie so I I really didn't really have a Lou Reed phase I liked the um the um Velvet Underground just as much as the next person but I never had like a a phase, you know, where I really was obsessed. Um, Lou Reed is especially like a really intriguing character, um, kind of, you know, hard to know because he went back and forth on a lot of uh, things about his his life. Um, I think there I read somewhere about him and Andy Warhol getting into it because he didn't always keep consistent truths uh, about himself and uh that was fun fun to read so uh yeah so today i'm gonna have exclusively uh, queer artists um i know that there's a lot of heat w- especially with the hetero community who uh you know do a lot in terms of allyship of uh, celebrating the queer community, but also to there's some issues with uh, queer appropriation. So even though there's so many songs. Uh- that are in our pop culture that are associated with queer, the queer community, like that you'll hear in dance clubs or you'll see on movies. Especially, I just watched *The Birdcage* again the other night, which um, I know there's some things in that that do not date very well, but I think for its time, for the time, it was really sending a, a really terrific message for uh, a huge, you know, Hollywood blockbuster movie and that is terrific to have more representation uh, of the queer community in a movie like that with people like Robin Williams and Nathan Lane uh, and Gene Hackman and Diane Wiest Uh, so yeah there's a lot of music that are you know by uh, hetero like women pop stars you know uh, Whitney Houston is up there uh, Gloria Stefan is up there Ah, uh, Britney Spears. All of these women are doing really terrific things in in art and culture. Uh, but I'm trying to to keep it more to celebrate queer artists themselves. Uh, nothing wrong with jamming out to those those musicians, those artists. Uh, but I think that for the aim of my show, the focus is on celebrating queer artists. So thank you, thank you for listening, especially since this is a very, very, very Special playlist for me uh, that I've been working on curating since it is indeed Pride Month, uh, and you know it's extra um, heightened vibes here in San Francisco since we are pretty much the bedrock for a lot of Pride culture. And oh, I wanted to talk a little more after I, you know, tell the, tell you the songs that you just heard um, about some history uh, from from Pride. Uh, Uh, Not from Pride, but for just the LGBTQI uh, community and the movement that happened here in this city, uh, which is just so exciting that I didn't really know much about until this past week. So I'm always learning new things uh, about this movement and about how it still resonates with all of us. And we need to still keep working towards uh, progress equality for so many people in the queer community, especially, especially Trans women, uh, trans women of color, uh, I mean, 10 women have been murdered just in the United States in this this year alone, and it's unacceptable. It's, you know, and it doesn't get any attention like it should. There's just no no excuse for it it's i mean the only explanation is that's hatred and fear and uh, only because people are scared of how somebody looks and there's just no 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 justification for that so before i get too much into that emotional <laughs> uh track uh of of thought i will go ahead and read back those songs so you just heard picture song by Girlpool featuring devante Hines. he is better known maybe as Blood Orange, I don't know how interchangeable he goes by uh, either of those names, but I guess his stage name is more Blood Orange, and his like birth name is Devonte Hines or Dev Hines. So, yeah, really cool, dreamy song there. You know, I think they're borderline millennial age, maybe. Closer to Generation Z. I think anybody who's younger than 25 is considered not quite on the millennial generation. I am right there smack dab. Like, I'm a middle-aged millennial, I guess, because I'm going to be 30 in a week and a half on July 9th. Uh, So... Before that, you heard a song by Dev Hines by Blood Orange called It Is What It Is. Such a fun song. I'm in love with that. I never get sick of hearing that song. It reminds me a lot of, and just his music in general, in which that was from the album Cupid Deluxe, which is a few years old. Um, He reminds me so much of Prince, uh, just kind of that funky dance. R&B, something else going on there. It's just really, really special um, and very, very unique and super talented uh, all around, uh, not just vocally, but just making really cool um, melodies, really, really pretty and funky, fun uh, I don't want to say just, I mean, sexy, yes, but there's something like really elegant about it. Uh, and check out that entire album if you haven't. I've listened to it, I don't know how many times, but it really breaks me out of something that I, whenever I get in a rut, I remember whenever I heard that album about a year ago, about this time around Pride, whenever I was... Exploring different uh, queer artists and I was in my room and I had forgotten the last time I had danced and I knew that it had been I came to this realization whenever I heard either this song it is what it is or you're no good one of those songs on Cupid Deluxe and I just broke out I couldn't help myself it was like being overtaken by the the holy spirit even though I'm not a you know practicing christian at all there's something you know in that beat in that song that energy that just made me get up and dance and like 10 seconds after I did I you know stepped on like a tack or something I hurt my toe but it was totally worth it and yeah it's just something about music if you're feeling in a rut if you're feeling bad this is my go to not even always talking it out or you know writing in your journal or stretching, meditating, because sometimes your thoughts are just too much within themselves and it's impossible to break free of negative thinking. Music can really, really snap you out of that. That's a really good album, Cupid Deluxe. Um, so I'll shut up about how much I'm basically uh, just, uh, you know, really huge fan of Bullet Orange and also a huge fan of *Girlpool* Pool. And uh, the song that you heard before, um, it is what it is, was Suck the Blood for My Wound, which is also the name of the album by Ezra Furman. Really cool artist who is about my age. She's more closer to my brother's age. She's in his early to mid thirties and just a delightful, uh, rock, uh, newer artist. He's been around for a decade, I think, so n- maybe not so new, but still young, um, and that's a really great album. And before that, you heard the the Empty by Led um, their self-titled album, which I never got into them in the '90s. I was never into punk rock until maybe college, and yeah, they did a lot for the what was it, the Riot Girl movement, and really making the grunge scene, punk scene, uh, for women too. Uh, really really great album uh, that you should check out if you have not in its entirety at least well i mentioned that i would say some things about the history of uh, lgbtqia culture uh, and history uh, in this very city so i will post links too because i did a lot of like reading and listening to certain interviews and podcasts to really do a deep dive into where this all came about, you know, because there's a lot of stuff going on uh, right now. Um, and I think that it gets really um, some of the social justice aspect of it. And I know that word gets thrown around too much and I'm guilty of saying that too much, but there's a lot of issues like human rights issues that are still really, really not up to par i think that it's coming to be more headline news uh not i don't want to say thankfully but because it is tragedies that are coming into the news but at least people know the truth and see that it's horrific that especially trans women are still not really there you know they're not uh, or the trans community in general but especially trans women of color who are not included as much in the queer community uh whenever progress is made for uh, you know the gay and lesbian uh people who identify as gay or gay or lesbian uh there were times where that was that and they stopped fighting and i don't want to step in and say like you know judge people or you know wag a finger at people but um it That is what that was what was and is happening with the trans community, that there are still certain rights that they don't have uh, and that gay people do have. So we got to, you know, build solidarity instead of like competition on who deserves what, because I uh, just recently was in. I volunteered the Coalition on Homelessness, so I was at the women's uh, shelter called a Woman's Place Drop-In. It used to be called Ocean, and it's over close to, like, that 13th Street, kind of close to the Mission, between the Mission and, like, Financial District, and There are trans women who are in, uh, who stay there. And I go every Friday typically. And this past Friday, uh, me and another really cool volunteer that I recently have uh, been hanging out with over at the coalition, uh, her name's Alexa. And she, we got into a really great conversation with uh, this woman whose name I won't give her a last name, but um, Melissa. And uh, just the nicest person, and she is. Uh, we encouraged her to come out to the coalition's uh, stage time that we have at the parade this Sunday tomorrow, where we have youth and uh, the LGBT lgbtqia community people who we are letting speak out especially if they have experienced homelessness or if they are homeless to address issues that people are still undergoing persecution and just not getting fair treatment um compared to you know whoever you know decided in the huge conversation of what is you know normal who deserves more equal you know more rights than others um I guess that is uh, in a nutshell: white male patriarchy in a capitalist uh, society. But uh, that's neither here nor there. Uh, but uh, but yeah, she we we told her you know like definitely go out there, let your voice be heard, and let your yourself be seen. More people need to know that you exist and you deserve. Uh, care you deserve uh, your you know human dignity and rights in this country since you are a citizen of this country and as long as you're not you know being mean to other people as long as you're not intrusive on other people there's no need for people to 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 oppress anybody so um yeah and there was a a woman there who was also uh, a resident and she was Lesbian, identified as lesbian, and she said that she, I mean, she said some things that were very transphobic about Melissa. And it was, I mean, ugh, it's just hard to like try to support, you know, so many different layers of this problem of homelessness and people who identify as it be belonging to the queer community, but there's oppressive tendencies phobias going back and forth you know mostly towards the trans community even within the queer community and it's messed up so i mean how do we we just need to do more to to bring people's minds and hearts uh, together to know to let them know that why do you think this way why do you have a problem with with trans people does it make any sense Uh, But I mean, we're working on it. Uh, It takes learning, it takes unlearning, uh, evolving as a community, as a world, and just getting to know people. I think that there's a lot of studies where people will, especially on the subject of gay marriage, and why some people think that it's wrong. And uh, they don't really have any reason to back it up, maybe because of evangelical Christian idealism or whatever. And most of the time, whenever people meet a gay couple and they see how like lovely they are and human they are, then they go back. They they say, "Oh wait a second, maybe why shouldn't they deserve equal rights, the same privileges, the same you know laws uh, that apply to me?" So I think that it just takes. Engaging with people, just learning about perspective stories of people. Um, so, yeah. But the history, like, I really found it interesting. I did not know about this. Of course, you just know, take it for granted that, oh, yeah, whatever, you know, like Harvey Milk stuff, you know, here. And uh, I, but I never knew where it all started. And of course, who can pinpoint an exact time? But um, I really loved this new podcast that's called uh, Throughline. It's a branch of NPR where they do like some type of sociopolitical topic and investigate a really really interesting perspective within that topic. And this was on how uh, there's a guy also who does uh, in gay history or making gay history who wrote a book about this about the Stonewall riot. And how before that happened in NYC, which is kind of known as like breaking the ground, you know, shattering the ground and making it reverberate everywhere for people to start really giving a crap about LGBTQ uh, communities across the nation. And uh, that's kind of what, you know, set the stage. But leading up to that, what set up that stage was uh, this incident that happened here in San Francisco. A couple of lawyers uh, named, let's see, Herb Donaldson and Evander Smith. So these more like well-to-do men who were gay. And, uh, you know, during this time, it was uh, illegal to wear Uh, to cross-dress to not wear clothing that is you know of your gender of course then like the language was not up to up to date with what we have now but um yeah they uh were these two lawyers and they had uh the council on religion and the homosexual and there was a gala like a costume party for the gala and they had a little meeting with the police, like some of the local police officers and who were arresting people, gay people, or just maybe there were heterosexual men who were wearing uh, women's clothing. And, they were like, "Hey, you know, it's not except for Halloween. Apparently, it was okay to, to wear, uh, you know, clothing that was traditionally for women if it was Halloween and you were a man," and uh, and so they told the the police officers, "Well, this is similar. It's you know like a costume party, and we want to dress up and you know just really go all out and." They were like, okay, whatever. It seems like that makes sense. Why shouldn't they be allowed to do that? But then the police officers went back on that. And they ended up arresting these two men. And it there wasn't any violence. But it was a whole lot of a scuffle. And it made, like, front page news. And they are just one, you know, a, one example. This couple, um, uh, these lawyers who where many people in the community who were not just like working class, but also who had, you know, like higher profile jobs that really put their jobs on the line and would get fired because they came out and they did a lot to get the movement out on the table and to get it rolling. And I am not doing as much justice to this story, this my little synopsis uh, is, you know, just getting the, you know, the the basic nuts and bolts of of the the story out to you. I uh, definitely recommend that you check out the full story and others like it from uh, NPR's most recent episode on uh, Line and listen to that entire episode and follow or read the book that the guy wrote, I forget what the name of the book is about this um, before Stonewall and learn more about Stonewall. I need to learn more about Stonewall myself. There's just so much history, so much stuff about it that we don't have in the mainstream. And that's why I never knew about it um, until recently, until this month. And it's important uh, to know where, where all of this, all of these things, uh, all of our social movements come from. And The reason that maybe we don't, uh, the man who was in this uh, podcast said that it's probably not as mainstream, there isn't as much material, as many productions, interviews with people from the movement, because a lot of them died. And that was heartbreaking uh, because whether, you know, they died fighting or, you know, whenever the AIDS uh, epidemic uh, broke out in the 80s, there was a combination of a lot of that. So some of this history is a little bit just lost because these people are not alive anymore. Um, Not uh, a lot of them. So the 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 people who are alive though we definitely need to celebrate and uh, you know cherish their uh, what they've done to survive this movement and to pave the way for the rights that we do have now um, as much as like I get on a soapbox about all of this social change stuff we got to keep working towards still need to celebrate progress that is made I think uh, I just read june jordan quoted somebody else in her book some of us did not die about how you could burn yourself out you know just always like empathy 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 and anger 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 and june jordan quoted uh she used this quote that uh well if there's not any dancing that's not the kind of revolution i want to be a part of Uh, i'm kind of botching that it's not verbatim that but you know we need to Lighten up, you know. What's the whole point of social change and fighting for peace if you can't enjoy yourself every now and then? So, it is good for Pride to, you know, to celebrate Pride and dance and, you know, get out there and be eccentric and, you know, like shoot out confetti and uh, prance about in sequins and just be your true self. But also too, to to reel it back in and be like, okay, still need to work, still need to keep this. Stuff that we have now, um, some stuff maintained, and some things, you know, especially for the trans community to, you know, give them more space, give them more rights and freedom, uh, and protect protect them, their human human dignity. Oh yeah, and I didn't know that this term was out there in the mid '50s, especially whenever more people were coming out as gay and uh, fired for coming out as gay um, uh, the lavender scare which is akin to the red scare so that I never knew about and that's a very interesting term so yeah I'll go ahead and play the next song on my list so this is one of my favorite newer artists oh sorry so sorry um, named Dizzy Faye she is still not really established in the mainstream or like even the like underground as much. I don't think I've never really met anybody who I've talked with about Dizzy Faye. Maybe I just need to talk about her more and maybe more people do know about her. But um, yeah, she's a really cool artist um, who is kind of more on the R&B rap side, but she does a lot of experimental things with her with her sound as well. Where would we be in music and culture without the influence of so many people who don't identify as as hetero? Um, you know, we we need more people who explore different different things in life in order to to create really new and inspiring and and neat art that more people can connect with because we're all so complex, and you know, it's it's good not to to just stuff people into boxes of what they should be and think about what we can be by exploring new things and as long as we're not hurting anybody why should it matter if you identify as queer or um, you know or if you just like doing different things in general uh, there's nothing nothing wrong with with exploring new ideas new new things in art and culture and thought so yeah you just heard Janelle Monet who is really just a queen. She's incredible. Um, I think that she's definitely already like a legend in the making or has already been made as a legend. She's just, I mean, I don't even know how to describe Janelle Monáe. If you're not as familiar with her, she had more of a, I guess maybe more popular is a Dirty Computer got a lot of radio play recently this past fall and She's yeah, been on a lot of headlines in the music world and is, you know, came out and has talked about Uh, identifying uh, with the queer community as uh, pansexual. Uh, She has a lot of female sexuality, like, uh, you know, uh, lesbian sexuality, that imagery in a lot of her, uh, I don't want to say a lot of, I've seen one or two, I think, videos uh, of her music videos uh, that illustrate that. And she's just completely free and open about, Expressing that, and you know, kudos to her, and thank you to to Janelle Monae for 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 making this art um, so expansive and so powerful for a lot of people out there who uh, might identify with that, who do identify uh, with with what she's expressing. So, I just played "Many Moons" from the album *Metropolis*, the Chase Suit. So that's a few years older, I want to say. And before that, you heard Mighty Love by the one and only RuPaul featuring Cumberspeck. I think that's okay to post. (laughs) There's so many great songs uh, that I could not play because this is indeed a Jesuit university. And while we're not on FM radio and we don't have like the really, really strict FCC laws that apply, we still have sort of, you know, people here on campus who monitor the radio every now and then. Whenever I was talking with a friend who who got me set on RuPaul, one of my friends back home, Anna, who is a huge fan, who's like a diehard fan of RuPaul and RuPaul's uh, Drag Race, and... Uh, So, there were so many songs that she recommended to me, and uh, on the campsite, that even the title, I'm pretty sure, I I mean, I love, you know, I think it's just more of like a nighttime playlist to, to, you know, go somewhere off campus, off of a Jesuit college, university, and to not get um, my show canceled. (laughs) Even though they probably support it, they just probably, just in case there's parents, you know, who are listening and to not hear certain things, you know, more vulgar language. I need to backtrack and tell you all of the other great songs that you just heard. Uh, It's part of the reason I run out of time to play these songs for you is because I talk a whole bunch and I get sidetracked, but I'm gonna go back on the front track Um, If that's the right way to turn the phrase, but um, the good side was the song you heard before mighty love by RuPaul from the album American. And so the good side is by Troy Sivan, whose uh, album was called bloom where that song came from. He is a great, I don't know much about Troy. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing his name correctly. Um, I don't, I was recommended him by one of my friends and I think that I need to listen to more of his music. A very lovely, folky song, subtle song, really pretty. And before that, you heard Inherit by Shun from their album Oh. And before that, you heard Crippling Self-Doubt and a General Lack of Confidence by Courtney Barnett from the album. Tell me how you really feel. Just so much Daria, like the MTV cartoon Daria Aura going on there uh, from Miss Courtney Barnett. She's really cool with like self-deprecation in a really introspective but fun rock rock and roll way. So I I love that artist, and yeah, I guess I'll go ahead before I continue on with the rest of the playlist. I told you I would mention. The Spotify artists, the Spotify list that I have going of the artists who are not so Jesuit, like the songs that I had that I love are not as Jesuit friendly. I won't say the the titles are pretty, pretty out there. I can't say some of them too. Um, But Todrick Hall, Bob the Drag Queen um, from the album Straight Outta Oz is on the playlist. This is My Hair by Alaska Thunder... Um, I can't say the full the full name, um, and then Star by Brock Hampton, who is getting to be um, more in the mainstream. And the same parts is the title of a song by Tatiana, and uh, then a song by uh, Tove Lo from an album called Blue Lips. So <laughs> really, really good music that um, in a different on a different platform i could totally and would proudly share but i, you know, you know, there's uh there's certain boundaries at the at the station here. So, um and i would probably not get in trouble Miranda probably would. Um but then i would probably get in trouble too. But um yeah, i definitely want to get their names out there and to encourage you to look at my archived episode of this of this show today and and Check those songs out. I'll have them posted um, on my Spotify playlist. Um, yeah. So, and other links that I have, because I've done a, a little bit of deep diving into queer culture and history um, and would like to be as... Um, I don't know, uh, evangelical, I use that term as like, I need to spread the word, but of course it's more associated with Christianity. And that is really not the best metaphor to use whenever I'm trying to describe reaching out about, you know, queer culture and (laughs) equality since they are historically really what has been bringing them down. Let's see, and also some things that are going around, going on in the future here at KUSF. We have our first rock and swap of the year at uh, here on campus. It will be in August, which is actually not so far from now because Monday is July the first. So on August twenty fifth. Uh, which is a Sunday, we will have our next rock and Swap. It's really cool. It is the largest record fair in San Francisco, so it's a pretty big deal. If you're a student, uh, if you're on staff, faculty, you can get in for free. But otherwise, um, you can uh, go... Well, I think general admission, it's uh, like $3. Before 10 a.m., it's $10. Um, so uh, you can... Come anytime between 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. And there's a ton of people there, um, all ages, who are into vinyl culture and talking about cool music. And I enjoy it every single time I go, especially if you're looking for a gift for somebody you like or love. And who doesn't love music, and if they like, you know, record records, you should check out some of the music there. Great gift ideas. Um, I always do that for, like, my dad and my stepdad whenever their birthdays or Christmas or something's coming around the corner. So, and also, I this is more kind of off-campus, uh, but, you know, it kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with USF's mission of being inclusive and helping change the world uh join the coalition on homelessness human rights work group they are um i never go to their wednesday one um This is the Wednesday meeting that takes place at 1230 p.m. at 468 Turk. I go to the one on Tuesdays, but this work, uh, this work group envisions a San Francisco that recognizes that universal human rights must extend to poor and homeless people and where dignity, respect, compassion and equality are the standard of the community and the policy of the city. All those down for the cause are welcome to join. So, and more info is at uh, www.cohsf.org. And uh, yeah, I love the work they do. I'm super honored to, and super heartbroken a lot, you know, uh, just seeing the reality of things, but also needing to focus on what can be done, what can be effective uh, solutions, problem solving, and just really the root of it is caring. That's... Really, the first step is paying attention and caring and talking to people instead of turning a blind eye, which I've been guilty of, and I'm trying to get better about not doing that as often as I do. So, and then also they have their Pride main stage time slot, I think around like 11.50 and the parade starts, I think at like 11 or so. So really big weekend for just the entire city. Um, But also for the coalition because they are letting, they're providing a space for LGBTQIA and youth to speak out about, you know, the issues that they're going through and to just, you know, give more visibility and to see that there's solidarity in a lot of these oppressed and impoverished groups. I think there's a huge difference there where some people definitely, yeah, are oppressed and. Especially me being a woman, I uh, acknowledge that being oppressed is not the same as being impoverished, which is just really takes notches down even, even further. And I would go even further to say that sometimes more than having certain socioeconomic privileges, I would say just family support, emotional care, a support system is really what has saved my life in a lot of ways and money is nice of course I you know the term uh, care not cash which is baloney in my opinion because I mean nothing in this world is for free (laughs) I mean there's only so much you can't get food for free, man. Like, so it's a combination of the two. Like, first you have to have care, but then something needs to help nourish that. Um, so it's a balance of of both. And I think that um, if you just have money, there's been so many famous people who are super duper wealthy who commit suicide. So there's something to be said about that. Um, that money is not equivalent to happiness. Success is not equivalent to happiness and takes community effort to help uh, uplift people uh, especially people who need it most um, and homeless people uh, really really need, need our help most and Uh, Because, I mean, issues like LGBTQIA and, you know, racism, sexism, uh, uh, xenophobia, all of this uh, intersects with the homeless crisis, disproportionately so they consist of the homeless population. So we need to do work. We need to care for one another and celebrate one another, too, because that's what pride is all about. Thank you so much for tuning in to KUSF in San Francisco. I'm Darcy, a.k.a. DJ Mr. Darcy. And I have been just really, really inspired and always been pretty inspired by um, people who identify as uh, queer in the arts and in culture and in just, you know, thinking out loud with, you know, either in my friendships or uh, in, you know, culture, like pop culture that I grew up with. Um, I mean, Queen was one of my first, if not the first, It was somewhere between a three-way tie, I think with Tina Turner, Tony, 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 and Queen that were my first CDs that I ever listened to. And I was in love with all of them, especially uh, Queen and Freddie, Freddie Mercury. I fell in love with his voice whenever I was like four or five years old. So I I cannot be more honored to, uh, to be in this city in San Francisco, which does so much to embrace uh, queer culture. And as I said on the, the show before, um, last week on Pride Part One, and this is not just like done, you know, like Pride Part One, Part Two. Uh, I think we need to, I need to continue like being inclusive of queer culture and having conversations and um, it's like Black History Month. It's like, why is it just one month? Um, so to k- keep on keeping on with these uh, issues uh, on a day-to-day basis. And yeah, I said last week uh, about, there's. I know a lot of people are still learning the subtleties of Um, non-binary, gender uh, queer, or gender like non-binary, and that's something that I'm sort of questioning, and I have been talking with some other people who identify similarly or uh, are, you know, we have similar demographics, and not being too hasty on being like, oh, I identify with the queer community. I think for me, I do have to do a lot of searching, and there's so much like, good literature out there to, to really delve into um, and to talk with people. Um, it's okay. You don't have to put a, lab- a label on yourself right away. Or, you know, it doesn't mean you're not, you know, like, you're scared to identify as queer or anything. It's just, like, you need to be genuine about it and to not just... Pose, I guess. Um, I don't want to like put too much of like judging people out there, but um, I know that a lot of queer appropriation is happening. Um, So I just want to be careful about that because I think what it comes down to for me personally, everybody's different. I think that most of my um, non-conformist to like certain physical appearances, like I have a really short haircut and I don't wear makeup, um, those are basically the two things, but I'm still pretty uh, effeminate, and I think that I, there's a some gray area between radical feminism, I think, and in queer culture, and I'm still navigating, you know, thinking about those similarities and differences, because I don't think every radical feminist automatically makes you uh, identify as queer. Or vice versa. So it just takes a lot of self reflection, looking into yourself and the world and figuring it out as you go and just trusting that it's okay to be different all along the way. And uh, yeah, as long as you're not a jerk to anybody else, that's all that matters, I think. Um, So. It's a lot of yabbering on. Um, so, and I'll post links and stuff. Always feel free to email me if you want to talk about any of these issues because they are pretty heavy. And I know that I have probably misspoken on something. You know, I've probably been wrong about a thing or two uh, in my talk my talking into the microphone into the abyss uh, since there's nobody here beside me to help correct me, help pull me in and learn my errors. Um, so I'm always open to, to learning more if there's anything you think that I said that was not aligned uh, you know appropriately. So yeah, feel free to reach out and especially feel free to reach out if you are... Uh, well, I don't want to say me personally, I should put up like a hotline number or, you know, more psychological uh, crisis help for people who are facing severe persecution um, to get help, you know, because I know that there are some people who live in uh, who are out and get all the support that they need or most of the support that they need or the bare minimum, you know, where they don't feel like their life is in danger, there are people out there who are in constant danger. And whether it's from their family, um, emotionally, you know, or physically, um, to, to know, you know, that you have people who care, that people are fighting for you and love you, and to hang in there, that you matter, and you're whoever you identify as exists, you exist, and you deserve love and respect and the same rights as anybody else and i will put up like a hotline number i know there's one out there i'm just didn't prepare well enough i guess and more information on that because you um deserve that and you need to you need to know that there are possibilities of communities that will accept you and um you're beautiful and you have value you're you're uh, worth so much um and i hope that you that you that you come to to know that and believe that Make him shut up.